My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. You are listening to Age of Jeremy. I'm an entrepreneur and I'm the co-founder of Age of Radio and 3T Fitness and well, other businesses that I am working on. This podcast is about everything that I learn and the trials and tribulations it took to learn them. I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Age of Jeremy. Welcome to the show. I am so happy that you are here. If this is your first time here, you are listening to all the cool shit that I'm trying to do in my life. I am the CFO and co-founder of 3T Fitness. I am the CEO and co-founder of Age of Radio, and somehow I also have a a banking career that hopefully over the next couple of years will slowly wind down and I'll do my own financial practice. But in the meantime, I give financial advice on this podcast, along with explaining the cool shit that I'm trying to do to build my businesses and try to help the listeners realize that the best thing that you can do with that extra $100, it's not investing in an index fund. It's not buying the newest stock. It's taking that $100 and investing it either in yourself to start your own business or purchase an asset of some kind to help earn revenue for your business. I believe that everybody should have a side hustle. I don't necessarily, we're always going to need workers and we're always going to have workers. I hope that we can start moving to more co-op places where the workers have ownership and voting rights for the board of directors. That's why corporations are probably one of the best entities and we don't give corporations enough credit for the way that they're designed because of all the terrible shit that they do. But I digress because this is a very special podcast for me. But before I go into that, let us uh, remind you to go and follow me on Age of Jeremy on Instagram. Follow me on TikTok at Age of Jeremy. That's where I spend most of my time because I love TikTok a lot. Just being real, it's fun. If you don't have TikTok, you should get TikTok. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, I say some stupid shit throughout the day, maybe one to four times a day. You can hear my musings. Uh, and it is at Jeremy Q. No, Age of Jeremy Q. I never remember. They're always different. And if you want to be part of our 3T Fitness Warrior Academy, follow my good friend John Vasquez on TikTok or my good friend Kevin anytime on TikTok uh, or 3T Warrior Labs on Instagram or Coach JV on Instagram. We're everywhere. On TikTok, we have all close to 700,000 followers. Me, myself, I have like 5,100 followers. So if you could go to Instagram and follow me, that'd be great. Or you could follow me on TikTok because I have like 200 followers on there. But again, it's not the followers. It's about the content and reaching the people that need to hear that content at that specific point in time. Now, with our 3T Warrior program, you can learn a lot about cryptocurrency and gaining generational wealth, which is where I want to kick off the news today. Going to going to make sure that I'm telling you about the cool stuff that's going on. Something amazing happens on Wednesday this week, I believe it is. I want to say it's this week, but after I looked at the date, I feel like it might be next week. No, Wednesday this week. I think it's Wednesday this week, April 14th. Coinbase. Coinbase is going on sale on the stock exchange. I believe on the NASDAQ, if I'm not mistaken. NASDAQ. N-A-S-D-A-Q, NASDAQ. It's going to have the ticker symbol COIN, which is cool as shit. If you know me, I base a lot of my buying decisions on whether something's cool or not. I'm just half kidding. Um, So uh, on Market Watch, where we get a lot of our news, and you should follow Market Watch and join Market Watch um, uh, and sign up for Barron's and get Market Watch for free, I believe, how that works. Not 100% sure. I hate Fox and News Corp, but I buy Wall Street Journal Barron's and Market Watch. Um, But anyway, that being said, Coinbase is going to go public. And that's probably the most exciting news because cryptocurrency is booming. But there's some really interesting statistics in this Market Watch article. It's an opinion article. You can go on. Um, you can go on the um, uh, in the show notes and get a link to the uh, to the Market Watch uh, opinion article. So should you buy Coinbase? The valuation is ridiculous based on this math. And I think Coinbase actually might've started going live or prepping to go live. Looks like it's uh, up 3.70%. I don't look, the point of this is go and look at what the price is. I'm not going into that. What I want to talk about is whether or not you should buy it, no matter what the price is, because the problem is, is that it is completely 
ridiculously overvalued. Now, before I mention that, if you don't know what Coinbase is, Coinbase is essentially a uh, Coinbase is a app. It's a brokerage house. Okay, they have different. They have a custodian. They have a pro version, which is what I have, and then they have just a traditional brokerage house. Now, what it allows you to do is allows uh, cryptocurrencies to set their coin up for a stock exchange, so you can buy and sell those coins just like you would on a foreign exchange. Um, like uh, if you sold, bought, and sold foreign exchange on, say, TD Ameritrade, or if you bought, um, uh, or if you uh, bought any other type of stock on a brokerage account. That's what a brokerage account is. Okay, and so essentially, it lets you buy the coin. Um, and sell the coin. It traditionally also gives you what's called a wallet if you're new to cryptocurrency. Um, and it's interesting because in this article, it says that 66% of adults still don't have don't know what cryptocurrency is or don't own any, which is really important because the way that Coinbase makes its money right now, for the most part, is through fees. So every time I go and buy some Ethereum, right, because I'm really bullish on Ethereum, if I go and buy Ethereum, I have to pay a small percentage to the brokerage house, right, for tr doing the transaction for me or whatever. That's their fee. And that's how they make their money. The problem is, is that Coinbase's expected valuation of $100 billion implies that its revenue will be 1.5 times the combined 2020 revenue of two of the most established exchanges in the marketplace. That's the NASDAQ and the ICE, and ICE, that's the Intercontinental Exchange. Um, it's the parent company of the New York Stock Exchange. And so, that being said, we're saying that Coinbase is worth $100 billion. Now, when some analysts kind of look at that, they're kind of like, this is really blown out of the water. Uh, Market Watch's calculation, who wrote this article, I don't know who that person is. Let's see who it is. It is David Trainer, Guile Gusk II, and Matt Schuler, if you're into journalists. And it says that it says that Coinbase should really be $18.9 billion in revenue. So that's a little crazy because it's valued at 100 billion and the last time we saw ridiculous valuations like this i mean we've been seeing it for a while now cuz valuations are effing ridiculous but essentially what's happening is that what's happening is that similar to what happened when the internet started and they're saying the, that cryptocurrency is going to be as big as the internet now i think cryptocurrency can be as big as the internet uh it just has a long way to go because there's a lot of education that has to go into place. Um, we have to have more people take on the technologies that are underneath there. We're, we're going to eventually get to a point where the coins aren't going to be continuously being minted. Those are going to provide higher valuations for those coins. Um, so there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into cryptocurrency that a lot of people don't know. So right now, it's just people are going on there and buying it. They're seeing that it's going up. They're they're purchasing it, not really understanding what is blockchain, not really understanding what uh, deregulated apps are, I think is what DApp stands for, not really understanding what uh, how Dash transfers money, how Ripple works or XRP, the technologies that are behind them. And if you follow me on TikTok or you follow my partner, John, one of the things that we're always talking about is that you you need to have a good understanding of the underlying technologies behind them because as more and more people use those technologies, more and more cryptography is going to have to go into that place. It's going to be minting more of those coins. Those coins will eventually run out and the values of those coins will go up is essentially my thinking behind it. Your thinking might be different. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, again, it's Age of Jeremy Q or shoot me something on Instagram or TikTok at Age of Jeremy. I would love to have conversation or bring you on the show. We could talk even more about cryptocurrencies because that's one of the things that that we're going to be going more into. Now, <clears throat> I said I'm bullish on Ethereum. I'm not bullish on all of the cryptocurrencies. I'm not even 100% sure I'm bullish on something like NFTs or how I know how NFTs work, but like, I don't know if I'm bullish on all that. I am bullish on Ethereum. But back to the main point at hand is should you buy Coinbase? Well, Coinbase is going to be one of a kind right now. So if you buy Coinbase, you can probably get a, a short-term jump. I would wait for it to go public. It'll probably jump a little bit, then fall down. That's traditionally what happens with IPOs. Go in and buy it. Hold it for a year or two. See what other competitions com competitors come into the market. Because a lot of the times, what's going to happen with these brokerage houses, houses that we've seen over the last 15 years is that these banks that have these brokerage houses, brokerage platforms, they slowly reduce their fee revenue. So it comes to the point like a competitor is going to come in, right, against Coinbase and offer zero money to purchase the 
coins, right? It might have like a similar model, like how Robin Hood, Robin Hood's model work, where it kind of, it's an intermediary, a, a different type of intermediary. They get the, a kickback when they sell certain stocks, I believe is how it works. And so if more and more houses are coming into this and offering zero fees, right? Then how is Coinbase going to make the money that it needs to make? Um, but if you have a good innovative company, and this is where it's difficult to kind of gauge this, is because if you have an innovative company, they're going to diversify the way in which they make revenue. And that's really important. And the best way to get an idea about that once it goes public is looking at its annual reports and its quarterly presentations that they do to um, shareholders so that you have an idea of what Coinbase's strategy is. Because if it looks like Coinbase is going to have a really good strategy of how it's going to increase its revenue, and it has a good board of directors that are governing it, then it is possible that it can become one of the best, you know, finance or um, uh, uh, tech finance companies uh, in existence. And it's also first, so it might be something that you want to purchase. I'm personally, me personally, again, I don't currently have a series um, of any kind to give uh, financial advice for money, um, but I'm going to buy some of Coinbase and just hold it. Um, I don't know how much I'm going to purchase of it at this specific point in time, but I know that when it comes on the market, because I work for a bank, I have to go through different loopholes before I can purchase, um, purchase uh, stocks. And so I'm going to buy some because this is great because I am a big advocate for deregulated currency, but I'm also an advocate for co-op corporations. So kind of take, kind of do something good and, and do something bad at the same time, I guess, by supporting Coinbase, um, but also supporting government's lack of reg or the government's reduction in regulation of uh, the currency. Um, I'm also a big fan of us having chips in us and transferring money that way. And people think I'm crazy. Um, but I apparently am a big advocate for, um, uh, what, uh, the revelations of the Bible talk about, uh, I guess, and, you know, again, in a, in a perfect world, I would like to consider myself, um, someone that unites the world. And if that means being part of the end times, I guess, so be it. I don't know. But I'm going to be buying Coinbase. That doesn't mean that you should go and do your research on it. Um, again, $100 billion valuation. That's really high. It looks like it's more like an $18 to $20 billion valuation. And if you really think about it, that actually makes more sense. I cannot see it being worth $100 billion when all it does is sell coin and take small fees. And the only reason why I boosted last year is because everything, everybody was crypto crazy. Like everybody and their mother now that I know are talking about crypto, but it's still not a really high, high part of the population. Really? The other thing too, is you're going to have a lot of competitors start going public too. So we're going to have a big public, you know, a public run on this. And I guess the best ones are going to win. You're going to have Gemini. Probably you're going to have Bitstamp. You're going to have Kraken. You're going to have Binance, uh, Binance and, or Binance. I don't know. Binance. It's, it's really popular. I should probably learn how to say it properly, um, because it's probably the, one of the biggest ones. Um, and it works really, really, you utilize the Binance technology to do, uh, pancake swaps, which I'll be doing some videos here over the next couple of months. Uh, once we start getting the age of Jeremy YouTube channel set up, but I don't know. It's going to have a lot of competition um, and they're going to race to who can get to zero fees. So if they're racing to get to zero fees, how are they making their money? Are then they going to be start becoming a lender and lend out the money like a bank would for the money that they're holding? Because I know with uh, Coinbase, you can put money in a vault and it locks it up. So I, I believe it locks it up. I'm not, I, I believe you have to lock it up for a period of time when it's in a vault. Um, and there's different regulations that go into that. But if that's not exactly how the vault works, because I don't use it, then they could create something like a, a vault. With a lot of the cryptocurrencies, you lock it up for a period of time because it creates liquidity for the company that's buying and selling them so they know that they have that currency in stock when people start selling it. Um, so 
I don't know. I would say start researching it. Um, if you really want to learn the nuts and bolts of it, if you go to Manning Publications, M-A-N-N-I-N-G Publications, um, or O'Reilly Publications, they have um, some really good books on blockchain and on creating Ethereum dApps uh, that you can kind of get a better understanding of the technology that's behind it because the technology is here to stay. And because the technology is here to stay, the coins will be here to stay, whether or not we start ending up using them as a replacement for dollars, which I'm an advocate for, or US dollars or what we call fiat currencies. If we if we start using these cryptocurrencies instead of fiat currencies, I, that's what I would like to see us get to. Um, but it's probably going to be, you know, it's in its infancy, infancy. So we might see this for the next couple of years or so, and uh, next 10 or 20 years really growing this. So if you'd end up buying Coinbase, I would say, you know, keep it for the long haul. That's what I'm going to do because as I always say, you buy a stock and you keep it and you only sell it if you absolutely have to. Never be emotional about your money. It's one of the hardest things to do, even easier to say. We'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back. I'm going to slow down for a minute here. I probably went too fast on that news, so my apologies. Prior to this, I was ranting and raving about my dissatisfaction of, of dentists. I don't know if you've ever seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but there is a great, great episode where um, the chief, or the chief goes on, not the chief, yeah, not the chief, the um, uh, where the captain goes on about... How doctors really aren't doctors. And I was just on one of those kicks. I don't personally, I had a bad experience with a dentist today, interacting in a business setting, not in like me going and seeing a dentist. So, so I was ranting and raving about that. Captain Holt, that's his name from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Captain Holt um, was interrogating a dentist that was kind of a narcissist, as a lot of dentists that I've uh, done business with are not business like me getting my dentist, my, you know, my teeth cleaned and so forth. But anyway, so I was kind of still all jacked up on that when I started doing the news and I think it kind of came through. So this is a very special podcast today because this is my very first interview that I have ever done really on anything. Now I've been on the radio before um, on, uh, two, two radio shows, one in Arizona, this, uh, money, something or other. I think it's a money radio. I think it is. Uh, I was on that a few years ago when me and John were trying to get our, um, uh, JV impact impacts brand going that eventually converted into three T fitness. And then we were also on another radio show, but I don't remember what for, when we released one of our books, but I don't remember which book it was. So my apologies, but I have been on the radio. I love being on the radio. I love talking. Radio is a lot different than podcasting, but I hope one day that we have our own radio or we will have our own radio stations. It's without a shadow, without a doubt in my mind, as soon as I can buy one, I will. Even if it's in like some hunky dink small town and we just got to grow from there just radio is amazing talking hearing people talk is amazing but i've never like done an interview like it when those radio interviews people were asking me questions but really sitting down and diving deep with someone it's so entertaining now i understand why people like doing it but i really like diving deep into important questions about their lives and how they ended up being where they were at and one of the things that we talk a lot about on this show is side hustles, because I feel that people are, and I, I use this term very lightly, just in the sense that this is the word that's been used throughout time when we talk about communism and the capitalist workforce, that they're slaves. Obviously, they're not really slaves, um, which is a horrendous thing that has happened to people throughout history. But when we, but they're similar to slaves, and, and that's the word that's usually used with it. But I don't want people to be slaves to corporations. I don't want them to be slaves to the workforce that they're doing. I want people to do the things that they enjoy. And if that ends up being with a company, 
I, I hope that they can have a great career with that company and they they accomplish the things that they want in their life. So I want to hear from people that are working in their jobs or they're trying to start their business or they're trying to start their side hustle so I can learn things. And then so hopefully I can teach them things and then that conversation can teach you guys something. So this very first interview that uh, we're going to listen to now is with my cousin, actually, Tiana. I'm not going to say her last name just because... I'll be honest, I didn't double check with her and see if she wanted her last name out there. Uh, it's Tiana. Now, Tiana works in the financial services profession. Um, she's a single mother. I've known her her whole life because I'm her cousin. Um, and she is a multi-passionate entrepreneur. She's chosen to use her adverse upbringing to change lives and the trajectory of her life through pursuing education and the hearts of people. One of the things that I love about listening to her is because in social media, we're always her. We're always seeing things, or at least I'm always seeing things like you don't need an education, all of this stuff. But an education is really what brought me out of um, a- oppression or brought me out of poverty, and it's the same thing for her. We, uh, her, she, w- she lived in a, a, a different, in a much more impoverished. Um, uh, uh, parts of her upbringing were different than mine. Um, but we were both, you know, in poverty and seeing both of us come up out of that. Now that I'm in my late thirties and she's in her early thirties, I believe, um, that we are, you know, making six figures a year, each of us, uh, uh, we have multi businesses. It's just, it's just great to hear her talk about her success in life and, you know, how grateful she is and all the things that she's learned along the way. And again, we'll have her back on. This was kind of a test run interview just to get me used to it kind of and see, but it's really interesting. So um, without further ado, here we go. I guess a good place to start is, I guess, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, generic opener. (laughs) Okay. um, I am. A lot of people don't want to tell their age, but for the sake of people that do listen, because I think that's important <laughs> to know these days, because everyone wants to know like, okay, she's a woman, but what is she doing? Um, and I may or may not talk about all the businesses that I do, but I know in one of them in particular, I'm like a nana in the business because everybody's so young, um, but I'm 34. I have a bachelor's in finance and economics from the Colangelo School of Business. I have a, a sort of a certificate in life and career coaching from GCU. And I, um, I'm currently a principal consultant at a global banking and fintech firm. So that's what I do. Um, yeah. And on the side, so you would think that would be enough and that's paying the bills and all that good stuff. Um, but we all know there was a pandemic recently and I was, um, completely impacted and I don't get stimulus, right? Because when you have a different income bracket, like it's literally, you rely on yourself, which is one of my recent posts here on Instagram, but um, I have two side businesses that I do. Uh, two of them are multi-level marketing. And then another one is um, I do interior design. So okay, that's a lot. I definitely am a multi-passionate person and entrepreneur. Yeah. So you're a busy, busy entrepreneur. So with the, w- for your uh, company that you do for your, so you work eight hours or more a day during, for your, as a global finance, for the global finance company. Is that correct? I do. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so what do you do? What do you do for them? Like, what does your day to day look like in that? Gosh, it's a lot of things. Um, if I have an engagement that I'm on and supporting personally, I obviously work with that, work with the clients that are associated with it. Um, I support other principals within the firm, um, handle their engagements. So maybe there's just a lot of work task driven that needs to be completed. I'll support that. Um, or I do a lot of business development. Um, I've produced podcasts for the organization, which is nice. And those obviously get posted onto LinkedIn um, and creating content. So we do a lot of our content creation, which is really nice as well. Oh, that's really, really great. That's cool. So um, how did you get into that, that company or what made you want to work for that, that company? Oh man. Um, I won't say the name of the company for the sake of the podcast right, um, because I have to get a lot of things approved. Yeah, um, however, I have worked in financial services since 2009. I never thought that I would work in financial services. So, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, we have an aunt in the family who's worked for banking and she always encouraged yeah. me to go work at the bank. You'll be fine. And so I'm like, okay. So I was actually coaching track. I didn't know what I wanted to do 
had a daughter at 21. So my daughter's 13 now. Worked at the bank. So started at Bank of America, moved my way into Merrill Lynch. I worked for Wells Fargo, uh, managed at Freedom Financial, also known as Freedom Debt Relief for a while, um, Blackhawk Network. And then I love leading and I love process improvement. Um, I'm Greenbelt Six Sigma trained and consulting in the financial services spec- sector, um, with particular with banking and fintech, which is what I, my focus is, I'm able to utilize all of my experience to now go and help improve processes within multiple organizations versus just the one that I'm at. Um, so I do, I do enjoy it. So, you, you know, it's like that brain part of your life, um, yeah. but I thoroughly enjoy my side businesses. I'll just say that. <laughs> That's really cool. That's really cool. So do you see yourself doing your career at that company or is moving more into your side hustle or to your business stuff, what you want to do? It's a side hustle for me because um, I have spent a lot of time figuring out who I am. And that is one thing, like, if you know, how a lot of this self-development's out there today, and it's like, find out who you are, uh, really rely on yourself, like know thyself. I love listening to those because I'm not convicted anymore. I'm like, I do know myself. Okay. So now it's just about that transition and what does it look like? Um, And I think that if, you know, if we were brought up differently in the school system and, you know, just in the home life, we would have, none of us may not have had a corporate job, right. Or relied on certain things that we do today. Oh yeah. Um, So that I'm just, I feel like I have, I know my gifts. A lot of people don't know what their gifts are, which is why I help people when it comes to life and career coaching today, which is one of the most fascinating things I do. But um, I just, it's like, how do I say this? It's like having, like, you know, you need to get somewhere and you have this really super nice car in the garage, but you're just like, you're still driving this other car that that, like you still get places, you still get food or get money, but you're like, if I just drove this car, I would get there faster, better. And I'd be happier. It'd be more fun. Right. Um, And it's just a matter of, to actually taking the keys to that car, which is me using my gifts that I'm, I, I will get there. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I know you'll, you'll get there. I, I obviously you're my cousin, so I've known yeah. you <laughs> my whole life or your whole life. Um, yeah. Yeah. Your so, whole life. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I definitely know that you have that drive, which, you know, that, that, that drive piece of it, you had mentioned something a moment ago about, you know, people having different upbringings or going to different schools or backgrounds. Um, and I've had the the fortunate, uh, um, I'm fortunate because you let me edit your podcast when you release the podcast episodes. And I know on one of the podcasts that you did in the past for your show, um, your personal show, not your business's show, um, mm-hmm. that, that you had talked about a little bit about your upbringing um, and being, you know, less fortunate um, having to to struggle and overcome that. How do you think that that impacted, I guess, two things? One, uh, why do you, do you think that that impacted your decision to get an education? One. And then two, how did that impact you on wanting to do your side businesses? Oh my gosh, great question. And it's funny because I never really get to talk about this. I, a lot of times I choose not to, but I feel like that's my untapped little you know situation here. So yep. I love that you asked that. Um, yes, absolutely had an impact on me wanting to get my education. So I'm the first one and only one in my family of my mom, my dad, my brother and sister. I'm the middle child that has their degree. Um, and I'm really grateful that it's in like finance and economics and not no knock to anything that's gener- general studies or anything like that, but it's really afforded me a really great career. Um, I love education is something, even though I love the entrepreneur route now, um, education is something that no one can take away from you, no matter what the, by the color of your skin or anything. And so, um, as far as the side hustles, um, you know, I saw hustle growing up, but it was a different kind of hustle. So it was like (laughs) drugs, right. Or it was like, you know, being in the hood and, and all of that stuff and, you know, stealing, right. Like I saw my dad do a lot of that just to literally put food in our mouths like that day. Um, and so I just didn't get it. And so then what was the pivotal moment for me was to know that there's more and my parents were missing something. Um, I lived actually in a two bedroom apartment with five of us, like five minutes from where I live now. And, um, it's so, it's just, it's amazing. So, uh, one of my friends came to pick me up one day cause we didn't have a car to go to a birthday party and she lived in the Biltmore. 
And if anybody knows what that is, it's super multi-million dollar everything. And they had a Lexus SUV and we didn't even have a car. And I'm like, man, my parents are missing something. Like I'm not wearing <laughs> Old Navy. Like Old Navy's the thing. Now Old Navy, I mean, you know, I go Brielle's, my daughter's Brielle's spoiled. She, she can wear Old Navy anytime she wants, right? But, <laughs> um, and I thought to myself, I said, something's missing, right? Like I knew there was something better. So we lived in, you know, another part of town recently, Chandler, but I moved back to this area, East Camelback Village on purpose because although I'm educated and I have a great job and a career, I wanted to show my daughter something different, the things I could not show her because I'm not a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. And, um, and it's done just that for us. And um, a quick point on growing up in poverty. So I've learned to manifest. I've learned to really walk in abundance and live that route. I moved here making right under or a little over six figures. Actually, I was making like, holy cow, in order to live here, I think I've got to step up a little bit because now Brielle's <laughs> basketball and all this stuff. And I actually, I in, internally, I knew I needed more money. I didn't know how it was going to come. Literally within a couple of weeks of moving into this neighborhood, I had a, th- I got a $30,000 raise at work. Wow. Like who says that? Yeah. No one, right? Like, like a 20 or, or what is it? What was I? 33 at the time, 33 yeah. year old mom, single mom, right? Living in this great place. And so, um, yeah, it's, for me, the side hustle to end to answer this question is relying on myself and knowing that I'm so much capable of more and that nothing needs to be handed to me. And the biggest driver for me growing up poor was I would freak out if a permission slip was handed to me for even five dollars because I knew my family didn't have it. And today I will be in the restroom and Brielle will slide a book order slip under the door. <laughs> and for me, that is God's way of saying that. Um it's not, you know, it's different for Brielle and you did a good job. So that's my why uh, for doing my side hustles for sure. Yeah, no, that's a really, that's a really good point. We don't hear a lot about that anymore, or at least I haven't in a while to hear people talk about their why a lot. I know that when I started um, my uh, fitness center with my partner, John, and he, w- we were just focusing on like motivational stuff prior to getting our facility and then our online program. But like when we were doing that like the whole purpose of it was just talking to people and trying to find out their why. And so I think that that's really mm-hmm. good. You have to have a strong why, you know, behind what you're doing, because just to have, just to say, I want to do this because I want more money, it will work in the short run, but I feel like to make for long generational wealth, you have to have something stronger driving you. So I think that that yeah. is amazing to hear that. So so with the side hustle piece of it, what, so you said you have two, you do MLM, right? Multi-level marketing yeah. for anybody who's not familiar with the nomenclature. So with the multi-level marketing, so what, so what are the two multi-level marketings that you do, if you mind sharing that? And then why did you choose those ones? Okay. Um, so the first one I started, I, well, I was doing Rodan and Fields. It's the skincare because my skin was all jacked up and I just couldn't, the, the women were so amazing. Everyone was so nice, but it just wasn't. I didn't get any traction, right? Like I wasn't excited about it. And at the time, financially, everything was perfectly fine. So the pandemic hit. And I'm like, man, if I would have had a little drip coming in, something I can control during the pandemic, it would have been different. I was doing interior design and coaching and, and life and career coaching, but um, I wasn't working full time. Anyway, um, I found Monate. So it stands for Modern Nature. It is Hair, Skin and Wellness. And I've heard about it through a good friend during the pandemic. He's like, Hey, you should sign up. I know these girls are killing it. You can get a Cadillac and all this stuff. And then I was like, okay, we'll see. I've done so many MLMs that I'm like, there's no way I'm trying another one. Right now, no more money. They're super easy Uh, to be excited about and just go all in. They're so easy, right? (laughs) Especially especially when you, when you start having more money in your life, it's even easier to start them. Cause I remember yeah. when I was younger and people were like, Oh, do you want to do this multi-level marketing? I'm like, I can't afford to get started on that. But now <laughs> as you, you know, progress in life and you have the means to do it, it's even way easier to be like, Oh, that sounds great. I'll get involved. With yeah. That. Yeah. Here's a hundred bucks. No worries. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so easy, but I mean, you know, as, as I mature as a, a businesswoman and just a, human being, right. uh, you learn what your capacity looks like. And it's not that it's not where you're not capable. It's, it's just wisdom. Right. So yeah. I started Monet in short, loved it. Like my hair is growing long. I don't really like to wear makeup, but I just started needing to take care of better care of myself because I'm getting older and it's been amazing. And I had on my heart, whether it was from God or, but it was on my heart to uh, recruit minorities from my business because I just wanted to 
have all these women level up, a lot of single moms that I knew I wanted to see them level up. So I particularly recruit minorities for my teams. Um, obviously, anybody's allowed to, or I wouldn't want anybody to be on my team. And I hate to say my team, but I want them to come and come and trust me and yeah. my leadership to get yeah. them where they want to be. Yeah. Um, and so Legal Shield is the other one, which I really love because part of me uh, maturing financially and as a person was okay, I have a daughter. What would it look and feel like for me to feel like I'm a responsible adult? One, to have life insurance, um, to have uh, multiple streams of income and to have a will prepared um, and to have an accountant. So now I have an attorney, an accountant, a will, like, you know, all my <laughs> things where they need to be, right? Yeah. Um, which is important. Stuff. And so I have all the things, like all yeah. the things I have. And so now I'm just feeling so much better and so much more in control of my life. But Legal Shield allows me to help me do that for others. Like I just spoke to someone today that they're opening up a car dealership and they have, they've experienced lawsuits or they know that you can get a lot of them in that business, but to give them access to an attorney to review documents and warranties and things like that at a very low, if, if zero cost, um, that's adding value. Um, you know, and that was primarily in the Hispanic community, you know, those car lots are on the corners and you yeah. know, all that good jazz. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I love what I do because, um, and I post a lot about this on social media. It's not even about the money for me. I, there was a moment when I first started, cause I started money first and then legal shield, maybe 60 days after, but, um, in my legal shield mentor side note said, I, cause I was going to quit legal shield and he's like, yeah, you know, it might be hard. Not a lot of people could be successful in two MLMs. And he was being genuine. He's such a good person. And I was like, well, damn, I'm going to try this. You know, like if someone's going to do this stuff, it's going to be me. And I have killed it, like completely killed it and grew my team in Legal Shield is a, a lot larger than my Monet team, but um, people's lives are being changed. And I think that that's uh, really special. So what are the, some of the things that you do when you're managing the team, right? Because like, I know that I used to know this guy that did, uh, he, he, had, he actually worked with me at the bank that I work for. And then he quit and just did this full time through, I think it was Nutra Life or is that a thing? No, it's, uh, I know, I know it's probably one of those energy or like the, it's that, it's a really famous, like a really big one. Um, Herbalife, that's what it was. It was Herbalife. Oh yeah. And he did like Herbalife and he like completely supplemented his income from working at the bank and that was his life. And like, I think every Saturday and Wednesday, like he had like all team calls for his people and then he would touch base with them throughout the week. You know, normal when you're running like um, in a corporation or if you're like a manager or what we think about how managers would run things. He did all of that with his, his MLM. So is that something that, is that how you manage it or what are some of the things that you do to help manage it as you grow? Yeah. So effective. Well, I've been trying to power hours throughout the week. It doesn't work daily because my team on Monday is a fairly small right now. So effective actually today, since it's Wednesday, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> 8.30, um, 8.30, we'll have a power hour. So that power hour will be broken down into maybe 20 minutes of social media development, um, 20 minutes of messaging, 10 minutes of some big questions that they might have, or it just might be, here I am, I'm a resource, ask me anything, what do you need help with? Um, are we responding to people? Um, it could be them sending me their social media so that I can help them update it. So, or placing orders. So it's just really being um, of service to them. We have a group chat that I send uh, something motivating every single morning, um, remind them of flash sales. And I am always available. So I never say no. If they're like, can you get on a three-way call? This girl is interested in this or someone in Legal Shield wants to talk. Can you do a Zoom? Um, thankfully, I work from home. So I'm always available to support them, which is really nice. And I'm actually only doing for them what my mentors have done for me. And luckily to my team, my mentors have been some of the best having in corporate for over a decade. And I have never had better leaders than I do in these two MLMs, which hands down is life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I think, I think one of the things that causes that, and I found that really, I find that to be kind of interesting is that when you find people that are doing what they want, rather than what they have to do, they are way better at what they're doing. <laughs> so like to have those leaders yeah. MLMs, they want to be there. And you can literally tell that like it's a night and day when people are actually doing the thing that they're probably should be doing. Yeah, it's a special thing. And I'm leaning back right now because um, there's a quote up here from Jim Rohn and I had to write it because it was, because a lot of times you can get discouraged and that you're doing right being a parent whatever but the quote is i don't have to do it i get to do it 
And I was like, oh my gosh, because I found, and I know you're very spiritual too, but I found the more time I spend in meditation and peaceful time and with God, that my time, my day expands. Like I never think now, oh my gosh, I got to go to bed. Oh my gosh. And I, and I wake up at four 30 every single morning and I feel brand new. I feel refreshed. I just do what I got to do. And the time kind of meets me where I'm at and expands as I needed to. And it, since I heard that quote, spend more time with God, like, you know, just calm, peaceful prayer, whatever. Yeah. And he will expand your day. No. And there's a, a similar quote in a uh, seven habits of effective people by Stephen Covey and Stephen mm-hmm. Covey, I, if I'm not mistaken, was a, a pretty devout Mormon. And um, one of the things that he talks about in that book is that he, he references someone that he knew, but he, the, the person had so much stuff that he had to do that day that he would spend like an extra hour in prayer. So like the more stuff that like you have to do, the more you need to spend that time with, you know, divine or like for me, for specifically being Buddhist um, and like, if I don't meditate in the morning or throughout the day or sometime, like it just, it's weird how like just that meditation piece or spending time with your religion or whatever you want to call it, it just Mm -hmm. expands your day and you're able to get so much more stuff done. Like it's phenomenal. It is like, I've had a really stressful week. I know it's only Wednesday. Okay. But it feels like it's been three Wednesdays, but (laughs) I know I'm like, is it summer of 2022? Yeah. (laughs) And I actually had to stop. I stopped and I just kind of like soaked it in and you're right. It just gives you this whole new, I wish everybody can learn that, man. I just, I, there's so much, I feel like I want to teach people, Oh yeah. but I have to get out of my own way. Cause sometimes I'll say, okay, they're not ready. And I'm like, well, who am I to say if they're not ready? Cause maybe I'll tell them today, but they'll get it in a week or, you know, yeah, but that's, that's true. something. That's true. Also too, I've always, when it comes to that piece, I've always thought that like, if you share the knowledge, then the person that hears it, if they're ready to start it, they'll reach out to you. But like, I still feel like we're, we need to share that stuff with people. Mm-hmm. Right, like not sharing it because you don't think that they're ready doesn't make sense. But to me, like, still share it, like, do it in a kind way, and then if they if it touches them, then they'll reach out to you for more information. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what's the um, so with the MLMs? Is that what you want to transition to full time? I know we kind of touched on that a little bit ago, but like, I know that you're eventually going to want to get into that. But is that what you're going to want to do for your business, or are you going to want to focus on your um, interior design? Gosh, um, good question. I think, well, I'm just going to put this out in the universe. So I want to be a wife so bad. I have no boyfriend. So this is kind of like really throwing it out there. Well, so um, anybody yeah, wants like, to reach out, I'll put yeah, the honest five, 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 In the episode. Yeah, yeah. Next time I'll brush my hair and we'll get on video. <laughs> we'll do it all on video next time. It'll be like, please. <laughs> Seriously. But I'm, I'm really like, um, I would love to be home. Right. But I want to contribute. Cause I'm really big on that. That would be something that I would be able to do these and just really change people's lives. I'm not fulfilled if I'm not helping other people succeed. So one of the reasons I do the MLMs is when I was in leadership or even now, um, I can't help somebody else get their income increase within this like organization or when I was in like banking. Um, but I can do that with the MLMs, but I've been wanting to write. Um, I have a lot of like, like I've been a single mom for 13 years. Who the heck signs up for that? Okay, but apparently <laughs> I did have a lot of to tell people. I have a lot of I'm gonna chat. What do they call it? A series? My series is 13 books. I can do year one, year two. Oh, I already have that plan. So that's really been on my heart. I just have to, you know, really sit down long enough to start it. I just really want to be pour all the stuff out of me because I feel like there's so much even more for me to uh, learn from the wisdom, you know, as perspective. Yeah. Um, but I need to kind of dump a little bit to make room. Yeah. I know no, that makes sense. So how do you manage, how do you manage doing all of this then? Because you just said that you have been a single mother for 13 years. So that means that you're currently a single mother. Um, yeah. So how do you manage being a single mother, having the two MLMs and having the, the interior design business and your full-time job? Yeah. Well, I wake up early. Um, and I, that time is huge for me because uh, when I wasn't waking up early and I work out, so uh, the better I feel about myself, the more I could just serve everybody else, right? So that's that's huge for me. Um, I all my daughter's first, so my I actually didn't say this, but I coach on a club track team, so I coach my daughter, the little kids, and she runs with the big kids, obviously. But um, 
I make sure that all the bases are hit and that's a relaxation period for me. And everything's tied to my why. Um, I enjoy everything I do. I've learned to not do things that I don't want to do. Um, we even talked about dating. So I won't even go on a date with somebody if they're more excited about it than I am because I just don't have the time, <laughs> That's true. you know? And so I just don't have the time. And so, yeah, I just, it's, it's honestly, it's back to what we just spoke about. It's spending that time with God, um, finally slowing down in life, understanding who I am and that there's a greater purpose to me for me to fulfill. Um, and just being present where I'm at, um, at all times working, I'm working. If I am running track and coaching, that's where I am. And I leave my phone in the car there. So, cause I'm my phone, if I, once we get off of this, I might have like 60 messages. So it's all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so are you encouraging? So how does the stuff that you do play a part in encouraging your daughter to, to be what she wants to be like, are you pushing her to go to into, to go to college or are you pushing her to be an entrepreneur like yourself or like, how does all of the stuff that, that you're dealing with, like affect how you're trying to raise her and what the adult is that you want her to be? Oh, that's such a cool question. So, um, my daughter is like, uh, way better than me. Like she's so wise and I got, I kind of, I, it's God really, but that, but Brielle, I raised her to find out who she is and what do you like to do? And I'm, I'm so that parent that's like, Oh, that's a great idea. Like if she wants to say that she, well, she wanted to be a marine biologist for a while. Now she actually looks up how to run her own business. She tells people about Monet cause the, um, her skin has improved significantly. So a teacher complimented her skin the other day and she's like, Oh, my mom sells the skincare. And so like, yeah, she, really yeah, cool. she loves, and so she's, what I love is what I'm teaching my daughter, I guess, in a full sentence is I'm teaching my daughter to know that she can survive off of using her two hands and her two feet and her whole body as a vessel. So, um, and I love that because I, I will share this. I've always wanted to share this out loud. So here it goes. When I was younger, I knew poverty. So I knew when you, you are broke, you're broke. You can live in a car, you can eat nothing, or you can, you know, lie on your re- book reading thing to get a free pizza, pizza or whatever, right? Just to eat. But Brielle, I parents out there who are listening, or those of you who will haven't had kids but will, your kids know your bare minimum threshold. So Brielle knows um, the car she would have if she has nothing is a BMW. The place she lives in is super <laughs> nice. Like you know what I mean? She only wears Nike, and material things don't matter. I don't want anybody to think that that's what we're about. But you set the standard for where your kids like raise have their bar raised, yeah. and. Um, so if Brielle ever didn't have anything, she also knows that you live in this kind of apartment because it's safe. And, and this is the income that you thrive for. My mom was making like $9 an hour when I was in high school with three kids. And so, but for me, Brielle as a black woman, so Brielle's black, white, and Puerto Rican, but she's so dark. She thinks she's like full black. I'm like, okay, whatever. Just be Brown. Okay. But <laughs> she knows that her mom, you know, has the ability to make over six figures. I'm glad yeah. and proud that she knows that that's possible. Right. It's not, she's not going to say, you know, I can't stand when people say, oh, must be nice when they find out somebody makes good money or, oh, must be nice when they have a nice car. Um, it's very, it's certain to Brielle that she's capable of those things. Yeah, that's really, that's really cool. And, and that, that's something too. It's one of the things that's always, you know, something that I've, it's, I don't necessarily know if it's always bothered me, but anytime I've been around, because one of my best friends growing up, um, his family was very wealthy. And so when people would find out about that, they would say something similar. That must be nice. And like, it's not mm-hmm. that individual, like he had nothing to do with it. Like you were born, like, sure. he was born into that and his parents worked really hard or they were born in either way. It still is not necessary, especially the, one of the things that I try to, to talk, tell the list, to mention to the listeners or anybody else that I'm you know working with or doing stuff with is that as long as you have all of your faculties like, you know, your legs work, your arms work, and you have a traditional, you know, don't have any big mental disorders, you can literally do anything that you need to do. And you can go out there, yeah. make a life for yourself. Now, when you don't have those things, yeah, there can be sometimes it might be more difficult and some people need help. But for the most part, you know, you can go out there and make the life that you want. So I think that that's great that you're teaching Brielle how to like look at, you know, that she can have those things. And I think mm-hmm. it's interesting with that standard, even though, even if it is physical stuff, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not real. It doesn't matter. Like to have that and know that this is the life that I have and I can make this. And I've seen my mom do this. 
and she can do amazing things. And it's really fun to see or interesting because I don't have kids of my own, but my niece, uh, Danielle, my wife, her, um, her niece is living with us now and she's 16. And so Mm -hmm. like, just to see the things that you're able to teach them and then to see the talents that they have, because most of these kids that I've met these days have so much more talent than I had, like in almost any, like, how did you learn how to do like, I mean, I have talent in some things, but when I see the level of talent and the ability to use technology and have it as a part of their life, you know, because I, I don't think we got my, in my house, I don't think, my mom got a computer for us until like 2001, 2002. I think oh, you know, we didn't have a computer. I mean, yeah. maybe we had like, you know, we did it. Yeah, I'm like I, still writing my school papers. I'm like, just don't ask teacher, yeah. just read it. <laughs> and so just to see all the opportunities, I think that that's great that you're teaching, you know, that stuff to Brielle. So I think that's great. So, uh, yeah, Tiana, I think that that, I think that that about does it. I don't want it to take up all of your night. And I think that we covered a lot of stuff. What I'm hoping to do is I can have you back on here, you know, after I do a couple more, you know, a couple more interviews and then have you back and you can talk about new stuff that you're doing. I think that that would be great. Yeah, I would love that. Thanks for letting me kind of talk about some of that stuff. I think it's always nice to reflect and say out loud um, your why. And just for anybody that's listening, if you don't mind, if I just leave them with just go and figure out a way, even if it's for 30 minutes a day to do that thing that gets you excited, right? Whether it's right or you do feel like you have something to share. A lot of the times when we feel like we have something to share, like you said earlier, we, we just need to share it. Yeah. Um, and just to prove to yourself and don't have to tell anybody, Hey, I'm going to use my gift for 30 minutes, you know, <laughs> just so you know, but like, just do it for you, you know, yeah. do it for you and plant those seeds. As I've noticed in my life that the more I do that, though, I attract more people Um, and the attraction of those people are the people that need you. Um, it's not for you. You don't use your gifts for you. You use your gifts so that you can, you know, really own your place on this planet. And that's important. I know that's great, great advice. So where can people find you if they want to reach out to you on social media? Yeah. So I uh, love Instagram better than Facebook. Um, so Instagram is at empowered by Tiana. So I'd love to connect with you, follow you back, see what you're into. And, and if anybody has their own like side hustle or cool story to share, I love to do IG lives with strangers to make friends and have people show or share their business or their excitement about whatever on my page. Yeah, no, absolutely. Definitely. And I'll put that, uh, all of your information that you want me to in the show description or episode description, and then link it up to stuff so people can find you easier that way. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I know a little privileged because I'm the cousin, but you know, <laughs> whatever it takes, whatever yeah. it takes to get in the, get, to get in the VIP line. <laughs> no, and I, I, there's so much stuff we could probably have kept touching on too. So that's why I think it'll be fun to have you back. Cause I'd love to pick your brain about, you know, doing your, uh, your coach success coaching that you do with mm-hmm. people. You still do that. Right. Yes, I do. And I get, I love it. I get hit up all the time with questions and it's cool. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you too. I hope you have a good night and I'll talk to you soon. And I'll be listening in to um, all the other interviews as well. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to it. Thank you so much, Tiana. Okay, bye. Bye. Again, I want to thank you so much for listening to that. I hope you may, you know, if you're listening to this part, hopefully you've made it through the whole thing. Um, and we'll be doing a lot more of these because I enjoy learning what people have to go through to get to where they're at. And I think that that's good for young entrepreneurs or even old entrepreneurs, um, or anybody really, um, trying to find their way in life. Um, so I hope that you, you enjoyed that again. If you want to reach out to Tiana, please reach out to her at empowered by Tiana. That link will be in the bio as well. And we'll be doing more of these. So um, please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, This is just the beginning of everything that we're doing here at Age of Radio and at Age of Jeremy. Um, So please be part of the community. Again, follow me uh, on uh, Age of Jeremy on Instagram, Age of Jeremy on TikTok, and Age of Jeremy Q on Twitter. And make sure you join our podcast community uh, on Facebook uh, with Addicted to Podcasting. We will talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Age of Jeremy. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. If you can do me a favor, please rate this podcast if your podcatcher allows you to. Talk to you soon.